Welcome, Guardians. It's May 19th, 2017, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 51, and today we're talking about Destiny 2. Uh, we sent our very own drop slash to LA to attend the reveal, and he's back with, I'm sure, a lot of stories and observations, and I know he's got a ton of pictures, and I made a comment earlier on Twitter about... Uh, you know, it's a good thing that this podcast has a professional a professional photographer on staff. And I'm thinking to myself, that's kind of like saying you got a face for radio, but it, it, it was, yeah, it didn't come out right. But, uh, but man, I, I haven't even seen the pictures, just some little teases he sent. And oh gosh, I can't wait. It's, it's, uh, oh my gosh, we got to get into it. Uh, anyway, I'm X-Ray441 and... With me, we've got Gabble Ratchet. How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. It's obviously been a ridiculous week. Um, yeah, uh, there's there's really nothing to say except Destiny Two. It's real. Yeah, it's oh my gosh, super reveal. real now. <laughs> I'm I'm super jealous that uh, that I wasn't able to go and that Gabble wasn't able to go, but super happy that drop slash did go um um man it, it uh just watching everyone there and seeing what was going on and it was funny because there were a lot of people that just you know big names that are like oh yeah once i got there i kind of forgot to tweet anything so here's kind of a little update and then there's a million videos now that are out on youtube and and everywhere else that people are are kind of reliving their experience and i guess that's what we're doing here um and that's why we've got Drop Slash with us. And how are you doing? Hello. Uh, tired, but just so stoked on everything that I saw, uh, both in terms of just being there and and experiencing the whole thing and being surrounded by people who love Destiny and talking about Destiny with people. And I was sitting uh, fourth row back in the aisle, so I had, like, legit front row seats Uh and everything about the whole event was really cool. Uh, so I took tons of notes on gameplay, uh, stuff that I just saw roaming around, things that I overheard. Uh, so let's, I'll just jump straight into that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do while I was there was I figured because I wasn't there to capture gameplay footage, uh, I figured that I should try and pay attention to and take notes on and be really observant of the things that you either wouldn't be able to see in the videos that people were showing uh, or just little tidbits of information, like the major stuff's going to get covered, right? Like the weapons you can use, the new abilities that the Guardians had. And I'll talk about that stuff. But, you know, there's people who who took hardcore, like, here's the exact weapon and here's how it felt in PvP and here's the new classes can do and, and here's how things like the nuts and bolts stuff. So I, I went looking for hidden things. I tried to break geometry. I tried to see what kind of systems were in place to prevent people from doing things that we can currently do that we probably shouldn't be doing. Uh, and of course, I was keeping an eye out for story hints and tweaks and references, and I got a whole list of those. So. <laughs> Good and bad. Yeah, I mean, well, purely from... A lore perspective, right? I think that that opening video of sort of the genesis of the the person we've come to know as Zavala mm -hmm. was 
excellently produced. It looked uh, really cool. It looked fantastic. And it really, the the crowd was just like on the edge of our seats when we were watching it. Like, what? what is it? This is awesome. Uh, now that I've had time to go back and review it, because I, I mean, I just got home late last night, so I haven't had time to go back and rewatch the stream and look at all the media stuff. Uh, hey, there's a lot of weird inconsistencies, and it does some <laughs> things to the history I'm not really happy about. But... Surprise! Surprise! What? Uh, you hater! <laughs> I, and I don't, I don't want to start. I don't want to start this like that. Like I don't want to suddenly dive in and get all super nitpicky in the first ten minutes of this episode, because uh, we're gonna have another whatever seven years of being able to do that. Uh, so we'll see how it it all shapes up. There's some things that just didn't. And there's some things that are really awesome, right? Uh, but it's hard. It's hard having, knowing what I know about lore and being so invested in it. Little things like when they're showing that scene when they're rescuing all those people in the city. Yay! And it's like young Zavala and Shax is there and Saladin is there and they turn around and Kate is there and Kate is wearing Andal Brass cloak and wielding ace of spades. I'm like, those weren't around back then. Uh, it's tough to to disconnect myself from that. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure the people of Bungie are like, shut up and just enjoy it. It's awesome. <laughs> Which it was. It was awesome. Uh, it was. It was very awesome. And I'm kind of hoping we get more of those. Uh, yeah, how so cool that would it be to get like an origin story for for Akora and Cade as well? We kind of got Cade's, I guess, in the book with yeah. with the Taken King, but um, I would love to see Akora out there in the wild as a young warlock, shotgunning everything inside. Being a mag- magical terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that in the video in the the that opening video or the the homecoming one they showed after um, Luke Smith talked. And she just straight up jumps on top of that ship. That oh, so that yeah. happens. That happens in that us. mission. Yeah, that's in that game or in in the in the mission. And yeah, cowboy up. I mean, geez. Yeah. <laughs> they really they they play her off like a, a total badass. Uh, some of the things when I was rewatching the live stream, some of the things I noticed when the map was announced. You couldn't really see it behind the the guy who was speaking. I'm sorry, I don't have it up to remember the names off the top of my head. Uh, but it does not come through well in the live stream. The map looks great. It's really detailed. It's got tons of stuff on it. Uh, why don't we just get an invitation request? <laughs> it was our, our group, our Xbox Live oh, okay. group saying <laughs> Somebody wants to join. <laughs> So the map looks really good. I'm really excited about the lost sectors, about uh, the ability to move quickly into new instances. Uh, one of the questions we didn't get answered was whether fire teams will be expanded for patrol. You know, they talked about lost sectors, new patrols, new public events, uh, the treasure cache things, but is it still restricted to three or whether there's more I don't know. I didn't get that question answered. Uh, not yeah, having to go to orbit is awesome. That does sound awesome. Uh, but those, the lost sectors seems very much like dungeons or temples from, like, say, Legend of Zelda. Like, you go mm-hmm. in and you you 
fight your way through it and there's a boss at the end in the giant treasure chest so i mean that sounds super fun <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, it's like if you don't want the the commitment of running a strike by yourself like say if you're a solo player and you're not going to run the raid by yourself uh I mean, people do the nightfalls right now by themselves as for a challenge, but if those things are just out there to find, like that's a really cool sort of like solo experience to go explore and find. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, all that stuff's been picked apart. So I'll just talk about gameplay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I played the campaign first because I wanted to really sit down and pick it apart and see what it was like. Uh, Props to the Bungie guys. Nobody told me to stop when I was trying to break it. <laughs> I did catch people looking over my shoulder while I was playing because I was just combing every single inch of the playable space. <laughs> uh, so the campaign was only playable as Warlock. It was the Dawnblade Warlock, which was felt like Warlock. Uh, the jump glide feels strange. It's a little bit a little bit more lift lifty you get a little bit more height and a little bit more float than you do from the current warlock jump uh i don't know how yeah. i feel about that uh also it didn't feel like warlock because we couldn't control stats and when i play warlock i'm always running tier five discipline and i normally play sunsinger so i'm used to just throwing grenades everywhere and it seemed like all the ability cooldowns were set to maximum so I could not rely on a lot of grenades, so my playstyle was off a little bit. Yeah, that's that's weird to me because no matter what subclass I'm playing, Warlock always seems like the, the you've always got perks that are there to recharge your abilities extra fast, regardless of your stats. Yeah. And looking at the Dawnblade skill tree, there's nothing like that. Uh, they started off started us off with one of each primary so you could pick whether you wanted hand cannon uh scout pulse or auto in your primary slot and then for energy which is now the secondary weapons there was one sidearm two submachine guns and what was the last one i just i just wrote them down <laughs> oh a hand cannon duh so you could run double hand cannon if you wanted. Uh, I, I ran scout hand cannon. I did try all the weapons. Uh, the submachine guns were a little jumpy, but they did feel pretty good. The arc one was garbage. The solar one was pretty good, but Cabal has solar shields anyway. Uh, sidearm felt like a sidearm. Hand cannon was awesome. So I was I ran scout hand cannon and switching from a scout rifle for long range engagement to a hand cannon for short range engagement was fantastic. Uh, it's tough to justify using a sidearm when you can just whip out a hand cannon in your secondary slot. Uh, scout felt good. Pulse felt a little light. Uh, hand cannons felt great. Auto rifles felt pretty good. And then in the, what is it now? Power weapon slot, which is the new heavy mm -hmm. slot. Mm -hmm. We had one of each. So fusion rifles were down there. Shotguns were down there. Uh, sniper rifles were down there. The grenade launcher was down there. And the rockets were down there. Uh, I used the grenade launcher a lot. It was slow, but it carried a, 
way more ammo than I was expecting. I'm like, oh, it's a grenade launcher. You know, I'll get like six or eight shots. I think you got like between 12 and 16 total. It what? Could, it could hold like, and it could hold like eight at a time. It was, I was really <laughs> surprised. It felt a little overpowered. Uh, and it was solar, so it wrecked the cabal enemies that you were fighting. Yeah, nice. Uh, the snipe had a really heavy zoom. I played with the fusion rifle for a while. Just did not seem. I felt felt bad, man. Like I feel bad for. <laughs> it didn't feel punchy. It took an entire like a full burst to kill one regular cabal. And did you uh, use it in? Did you play the PvP? I know I'm getting off topic real quick. I did not. I played as much campaign as they let me, and as much yeah. strikes as they would let me. Okay. Okay. I just uh, just real quick. I saw that Swain Stash was tweeting about the fusion rifle, and he said for PvP purposes, he thought it was pretty great. Yeah, I watched Mr. Fruit play with it too, uh, and it seemed like it was pretty good. But in PvE, it just did not. Yeah. Seem like the, why I don't know why you would take that over the grenade launcher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I found some busted geometry in the very beginning <laughs> of the campaign and just sort of set up set up like a really high sniper position with my scout rifle and did not do what I was supposed to do. Uh, I also because well, you have so you have Zavala yelling at you to me, come to me, get get behind. And he says, get behind my shield, not get inside my ward or get inside my bubble. But I'm sure trying to get Lance Reddick to say get inside my bubble would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did not do that. I got way up high and just killed Cabal. I also took the time to look out over the city. Uh, so the other towers along the city wall were all firing back at the Cabal ships. So they're, which is interesting because their armament was live firing into the city, not where the guns on our tower are located, which is out the back. Weird. Uh, the so visuals look great. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so Drop's the only guy there that had to raise his hand, and he's like, yeah, can I get a reset? Uh, I kind of got stuck. <laughs> oh, no, the, the rest of that story is great. But... So, yeah, well, that's, yeah, I'm sitting in the second playthrough. So I was way up high. You know, the, these things are smashing into the, the tower plaza. Cabal are come, come running out, and, you know, Zavala's like, don't let him reach the, don't let him reach the gate, don't let him reach the door, the door that is used to be closed where uh, Saladin used to set up shop is closed and Zavala's there defending it. Uh, after three waves of enemies, a ship would open up with a rocket volley and he'd pop out from cover and drop Ward of Dawn, uh, which would make orbs of light for you. Uh, the first time I did it, I completely ignored Zavala, set up shop on my little sniper's perch and killed as many cabals it took to get my super ready. Uh, which is uh, Daybreak, the Daybreak Super, which is the sword. And I just leapt out of my perch way up high and triggered the super. And you can stay airborne for as long as that super lasts. It is crazy. Uh, it is very that. much like Justice Reigns from above where you're just throwing <laughs> solar fire into the ground. So it was really fun. Uh, then I ran back to Zavala and... After like six waves, he's, you know, oh, Ikora comes in the radio and is like, oh, got to find the speaker. Go, go help Ikora. Uh, I'll stay here and defend this. So 
Instead, I decided to go see if the switch to turn the fan on that's above the mailroom to see if that was still there. Uh, it was not. Totally throw off the cabal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I figured if they're going to land on that roof, I'll just shoot them into the sky. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that switch was not there. Uh, that whole area is busted down to a ramp. So I ran up there and I, I the cabal just kept coming. So I just kept killing them. You know, and Icor is like, I need your help. Well, yeah, you're fine. Uh, but I killed a bunch more Cabal, got my super again, jumped into the middle of the fray and just wrecked shop with that super again. I ran back up there to see if those birds were still perched on the railing. Uh, they weren't. And then it took a while, but the Cabal <laughs> stopped attacking, finally, uh, after maybe a dozen waves. So I ran back to check on Zavala to see what he did now that the waves had stopped, and he was dead. <laughs> Uh, his ghost was just floating there in a pile of orbs from his Ward of Dawn. <laughs> so I revived him, uh, grabbed all the orbs, and he immediately gets back into cover and starts yelling about the attack, and there's no more Cabal coming, so <laughs> he has PTSD. No, there's no way anyone else revived Zavala. <laughs> so he has PTSD. He's in cover yelling about enemies that aren't coming. Uh at that point, I decided to just like leave him and, and go hang out with Ikora. Uh, on the way there, there's a ton of frames and they're all wearing what looks like a crucible marked version of the Twilight Garrison. Uh, I think those are the Red Jacks. Yeah, they must be the Red Jacks. That's awesome. Oh, cool. It's a cool so, touch. Uh, they were in rough shape. But there was also a ton of dead cabal in there too, so they were doing their jobs. The only frame that survived, I think everybody saw it on the live stream, was Sweeperbot. Sweeper Bot. Bot, yeah. He has a very upgraded whistling protocol. Uh, <laughs> he was he was whistling a jaunty tune. Uh, then you run around the corner there to where the speaker normally is, that little hallway. Uh, and there's five Cabal soldiers right there, and they, the, before you can even draw your gun, uh, Ikora just vaporizes them with a Nova bomb. Uh, you run out there, that whole area is destroyed, uh, and then she does that whole thing where she Nova bombs the ship and then jumps on it like a complete badass, and it goes flying off. Uh, I took the time to look down there. The astrolabe is destroyed in the, like a giant pile of fire. <laughs> so... The entire area where the speaker normally is is completely gone. It is like just a flaming wreck. The area where New Monarchy is completely untouched, uh, except that there's nobody there. Like the couches are in perfect shape. The doors are fine. The little fire pits there. Hideo <laughs> uh, was in on it. Yeah. Well, and, and then I noticed, and when we talked about the swirly symbols that are on Twilight Garrison on the back, that is the pattern that is on the couches now where New Monarchy is. Because I was I was investigating their upholstery. Uh, <laughs> uh, the giant door where Hideo normally is, is there, but it just didn't, nothing happened with it. Uh, I ran over to where Zer normally camps out uh, and looked down. That's when I saw the astrolabe thing. I went to the, so what I tried to do now, instead of going through the door into the market area where you're supposed to, I tried to jump up over the wall <laughs> uh, because you can, we used to try to do that 
in the current tower to, to get, see what's on the other side there. Mm-hmm. Now I figured, well, now that's a playable zone, maybe I can get up over the wall, uh, but there is an invisible barrier there. Of course. Uh, so you run through that area is really cool, that market area. We kind of know what it looks like because it looks just like it does in uh, Bannerfall. But there's like okay. markets and shops and there's like neon signs. Kay's ramen shop is there. I went investigating the his little ramen thing. You can jump behind a counter and, and pick at things. <laughs> there's a ton of stuff that has tons of icons all over it. Well, here's, uh, the, here's like, the real question. Was there a menu? Do we know what, what no, they serve? I didn't see a menu. Uh, what, else, what did I see, though? Uh, Amalon ammo stacked in bricks, which seems like a weird way to stack liquid ammo. Hmm. Uh, there was bags of concrete that said product of the tower on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, yeah, it's like random bags of cement. Uh, We're building the wall. That's the first time you encounter those flamethrower uh, cabal that you can shoot them in the tank and then they explode, which is pretty funny. Uh, what else is over there? Like vending machines and just, it's like a little market. Uh, and then when you get to the back area, there's another one of those trees there. That tree is on fire. Uh, and that is when uh, Amanda Holiday picks you up. I tried to break out of that area, but as soon as you walk through the doors, you're automatically pulled into the Amanda Holiday cutscene. Uh. I tr- like I I went back and forth like sneaking in, sneaking in. Maybe I can get past. Maybe I can get past, and I just got pulled into it. Uh, so watching watching that uh, uh, video during the the reveal, to me watching it, I was pulled back to Halo big time. I, it really looked like it it played very Halo esque as far as you know NPCs jumping in and helping out and fighting beside you and. And just the way the enemies kind of came in, to me, it just for some reason reminded me so much of, of like, a, a few of the Halo 3 missions. Did you get yeah. any kind of feeling of that? A, a little bit. Like, when the, that whole scene with Amanda, and I don't know what happened to her accent. It doesn't seem very prominent in that cutscene. Uh, that, that model ship always reminds me of a Halo-style ship. Uh, so that whole scene when she's like flying up against it and I was also when I was in line talking with people a lot of people said that the PvP remind them a lot of Halo uh, so that I, mean, I think that's a good thing I mean I think Halo is set a pretty high bar for I mean I haven't played Halo PvP in a long time but right <laughs> uh, yeah I think but I remember, like, I remember, I remember when Halo One launched. I remember when Halo Two launched, and there were lines around the block where I lived in New York to get into GameStop to get it. Like, no- nothing set a precedent quite like Halo did. So to be compared favorably to Halo, I think is is ultimately a good thing. Yeah, Some sure. amazing cinematic storytelling in Halo. Uh, so there's that whole scene. I love that scene. I love when Amanda asks the traveler to do something. <laughs> Uh, I think that echoes the sentiment of everybody who's played this game from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So then she dumps you onto the Cabal command ship. Uh, The Cabal command ship is called The Chosen, which 
as you know, the cabal troops are breaking with tradition and being named. So this ship also breaks the cabal tradition. Uh, I think a few days ago I was tweeting about the origins of the names for some of the cabal vehicles, uh, like the Cerberus Bay and the Dantelin Exodus, which are both named after demons and guardians in hell. So the chosen, not really the same effect. Uh, <laughs> not quite. So you land on the ship. Uh, there's that giant catapult that's launching those cabal dudes into the tower. I tried to jump over it and get on the other side because in the in the one of the scenes they show gameplay scenes in the trailer footage we were shown, it shows the guardians running up the left side, and you're dropped off on the right, and there's no way to get over to the left. Uh, there is a very conspicuous box on the very end of the left side that I could not get to. It wouldn't surprise me if there's like a dead ghost over there or something when the game actually launches. Uh, it's worth noting up to this point, you hear almost nothing from Ghost. You'd think that he would have something to say about all this, but <laughs> not not so much as a peep really out of Ghost. Uh <clears throat> So you run up under the ship, you fight your way through this little interior section. Uh, I was looking around just to see if there's anything interesting. There's like cabal helmets and cabal weapons. That's very much just like a, looks like the interior of a cabal vehicle. But as you're passing through, there's a huge hologram of our tower. So it very much looks like this guy, Gaul, knew exactly what tower to attack and how to attack it. So you're looking at the hologram, and it's this huge hologram. It's the, the wing sort of shape uh, of our tower. In the upper left-hand corner, there is what looks like a hologram of a device. It looks almost identical to the interior piece of touch of malice it's that same u-shape with the weird object in the center the black heart mm -hmm. of oryx in the center and this is 110 percent pure speculation but it very very much looks like this guy gall had a exact readout of our tower knew which one the vanguard were in and then had these things deployed whatever these things are that somehow mimic what touch of malice can do to potentially block our light or somehow negatively affect the light. Uh, and whether that came from outbound signal, and that was the whole reason the cabal were on the dreadnought in the first place to figure out how the hive can permanently kill guardians. And I don't know if this is an official like callback to that, but I saw it and I was like, geez, that looks exactly like touch of malice that is awesome <laughs> i mean so i i haven't watched a ton of videos but like you said everyone's talking about gameplay and total speculation but i haven't heard anything of that degree being yeah i out. stood i stood inside that hologram to try and get every little piece of detail out of it that i could because i want to know how gall knew exactly what tower to hit and also why, like, why didn't, like, all of the hidden, why didn't they come flying out of the black chamber and Nova bombing the crap out of every cabal <laughs> ship that was there? It's just like, uh, 
So if they are using hive tech to suppress our abilities, that that Explains hologram could be, yeah, it could be a good example of that. Uh, so that was a really cool detail. Whether it turns out to be true or not, I'm not sure, but I definitely noticed it when I was running through. Yeah, that, I mean that, that if it's like we've talked about before, you know, they slip in so many little things. Like you know, we've had a lot of comments about the recent vaulted glass issues and the whole silica thing and and the shape of it. You know, after it melts, and I'm just I can't you know it, I can't believe that it's coincidence you know what i mean yeah, it, it seems exactly. way too just laid out there to be a coincidence so yeah if, if there's something like that man you heard it here first maybe i don't know, I'm gonna have to, <laughs> now i'm gonna have to go watch a bunch of videos and and see what's what's happening so i mean you if you weren't looking for it you'd run right past it oh sure everybody and and that's the thing I, they're they probably you know they're not gonna obviously tell you anything about this is this is for yeah, our exploration like you did but everyone i can imagine everyone else is just like oh my gosh where are we going next and what are we doing next and and just really engrossed whereas like like you said you just kind of ignored your orders early on and you got to revive zavala you know and and now that, yeah so geez okay go ahead i'm, I'm uh, fanboying out uh, on you <laughs> so you move through that area and the next area is sort of outside on the surface of the ship. Uh, it's huge. I completely ignored the enemies. Like this is when you first get like a big yellow bar enemy uh, and he drops down and I just was like, don't, don't care. Uh, <laughs> and you start exploring the ship and there's a ton of turn back now zones. There's a ton of invisible walls. But one of the coolest things about this that was, I guess, showing off the power of what you can do in next gen tech, the command ship is flying around the city and when you stand on the deck of the ship it's moving in real time like you're you're moving in a circle around the city with so the traveler's always moving like it's always on your right but you're orbiting the traveler and it's raining it's an amazing amazing effect like the the ship is not just floating there it's moving and doing its thing its guns are firing while you're on board and they don't they don't skimp any of that detail. Like you can just stand on the deck of the ship and watch it fly around the city. Um, so that was really, really cool. Uh, there's some nooks and crannies I wedged myself into that seemed to confuse the AI, <laughs> which was really funny. Uh, at one point, I was up inside one of the deck guns that are firing into the city. And then when I left and I turned around the corner to engage the enemies, they were all staring off in a different direction, like as, <laughs> as if I had gone outside their range of perception and they didn't know what to do, uh, which is great because I just jumped in the air and threw one solar grenade and melted them all, which is really funny. Uh, the super destroyed this boss. Like, I think they show the same thing in the gameplay video. Uh, this boss comes out and is like, I'm going to shoot fire at you. And the... They just popped Daybreak and went house on like I did the same thing, just completely wrecked that guy. Uh, also, the horseshoe symbol that they've been using to tease Destiny 2 uh, is on a lot of the banners hanging inside the command ship. So my, it seems like it's a pretty good confirmation that that is the symbol of the Red Legion. Yeah. Uh, so... Then I 
you move past that area. There's an internal area that's just ghosts are trying to get you to the shield. The first time you hear ghosts, like the shield generator should be in the basement or something like that. And I'm like, well, that means I'm going to go up as high as I possibly can. <laughs> so you run in like the third deck. You can go up two decks. Uh, you can go down to the basement level. I just explored the whole area. There was nothing. And I tried to scan every inch of the playable space with my ghost and there was nothing. Uh, but I noticed when I was watching the gameplay video from the live reveal, it looked to me like there was a dead ghost wedged in the doorway. Uh, I'm like, oh, I'm going to find that dead ghost when I do my playthrough. And it definitely was not there. So uh, whether it was there because they recorded from different footage or what, I don't know, but it wasn't there when I got there. Uh, when you run in that door, you hear Gaul's voice. It cuts to black. Gaul speaks like in perfect baritone English, which was more disconcerting than anything else that I discovered. But, <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the campaign. Uh, one thing that the game doesn't, so but the director is locked. When you open it, all you have available is this one mission. Uh, so it wasn't like I could see the, the entire director. And although we don't know when this happens in the story, it's pitched like this is the opening mission. But unless Gaul just beats your ass right there and the story moves on from there, uh, it seems like a strange... I mean, I get what you're leading up to, like, ah, we actually lose and all these things happen. Mm -hmm. But then moving to the strike, the strike takes place on Nessus and Zavala is your point of contact with an AI on Nessus. And we know from the gameplay reveal that Zavala goes to Titan to lick his wounds after losing. So there's something funny going on with the chronology of events. So Homecoming may not be the first thing that happens in Destiny 2, but there's no way to be sure. Or that strike might be post-game. That's certainly possible. Then maybe that strike comes after you get Zavala out of his depressive state. Yeah. And that was that. Uh, I mean, other than the jump thing, Warlock felt really good. Uh, I examined all... So you couldn't go... You couldn't deep dive anything in the menus. You could open the character menu to change your weapons and stuff, but you couldn't select any of the weapons. You couldn't see secondary menus. You couldn't drop down to, like, the banner, shader, ship menu to see that stuff. Uh, but interestingly, on I pulled a bunch of quotes from the weapons and from the armor as well, and they make some interesting references. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of... so. I went over to where Banshee normally is, and he's not there, but his whole section is completely untouched. I'm <laughs> uh, like, I wish I could just pick up two sniper rifles right now and just run into the Cabal dual-wielding sniper rifles firing from the hip. <laughs> it's like a giant pile of weapons that you can't use. Uh, but Banshee is not there. His fate is as of yet unknown. Uh, but on one of the on the one of the weapons, which uh, the the auto rifle. Uh, it says it's forged by somebody named Devram K the eighth. And it's the eighth is in Roman numerals, which leads me to think it's not an EXO. So we definitely have hints that there is another weaponsmith out there. We know that there is just from other weapons in the game already. Uh, but this is like a new, our first new, one of our first new names. 
uh, on the bond, there is a quote from Galita Toyet from the Toyet fire team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about her in the past. She's a pretty famous warlock. Uh, as noted by Desponia Core, she died bringing back strange Vex cubes. Uh, the, what is it, the warlock artifact, oddly colored cube, has that quote, uh, which is Galita died to bring these cubes back from Venus, and I still don't know why. Uh, she has a quote on the on the bond that says, you will find the nightmares grow worse. Thankfully, you no longer need to sleep. What? Yes. There's also on the Eagle Talon 4, which I believe was the gloves, there's a quote from Toland. So Toland's coming back, or at least being referenced again, and it just says, knowledge is its own end, which doesn't sound quite like Toland, uh, as his end was way more than that. Uh, but it was nice to see Toland's name on something, so that's still around. Most of the other quotes on the body armor were from, uh, are from on the warlock armor were from Ikora. Uh, strangely, there was only one void weapon and no playable void subclasses. Uh, the retrofuturist shotgun was the only void weapon available. Void's too good for a, an early reveal. <laughs> well, everybody wants say. Sentinel. Uh, the flavor text for Dawn Blade was Dawn Comes on Swift Wings. The The perk tree was totally different. I don't know if there's been, I mean, there must be videos of it somewhere. But there's a big diamond in the center where you can choose your grenades, you can choose your new subclass ability or class ability. For Warlock, that's the two rifts. Excuse me, which is a nice callback to the, the game, the game type rift, which is designed by Warlocks. Uh, then there's like two two branches off that on the right. For Warlocks, it was the top branch that had four abilities locked inside it. or well, not locked, but playable inside it. That included like Angel of Light, which has a different name now. Uh, Risen Angel. Uh, although when you're playing the game and you jump in the air and aim down sights, it still says Angel of Light on your screen, even though that's not what the perk is called. Uh, but the original Angel of Light symbol is now is what's used for Skyfire, which is part of the Daybreak Super. Uh, and that perk tree was called Attunement of Sky. I couldn't see what the other attunement was, whatever that lower branch was, but all the abilities seemed like they were unlocked by what basically looked like an exotic shard. Uh and it said required to unlock one, and it just looks like a dark green exotic shard. So whether that attunement becomes available and you get all those abilities at once, or you have to switch between the two, we don't really know. Uh, there's also a new currency, I noticed. So up by where your glimmer normally is, there is a thing that says strange dust. And the description said, remnant of powerful items used to improve other items. So it seems like maybe breaking down exotics or something will now give you strange dust that you need to upgrade other weapons. Uh, In the glimmer field, it said that glimmer is now used as a fuel, which is funny. Why would I collect it? Seems dangerous. (laughs) Everybody needs fuel. Uh, the Warlock emblem that was set was just called Emblem 2, which was just a placeholder name. 
Uh, it You couldn't see it in the menus, but something about this build reset the character when you zoned into the actual instance of the game. So you just got like a gigantic, like every weapon and piece of armor appeared on the right as if you were just receiving them. So, and I noticed the name was Emblem 2 when it popped up. Uh, there's a bunch of new geomancy glyphs on what was available to me in the director, so I drew them all down because uh, I couldn't take a screenshot. Nice. Uh, the Tower Watch seems like it's its own faction now and has its own unique symbol. Uh, in the PvP map, there is what looks like a shop or building that has a sign outside of it that uh, is the same symbol on the front of the Twilight Garrison. And that is on the banners currently on the vaults in the tower. So it seems like that is an actual, that is its own faction somehow, whether that's like the security team or what. But that's, that image is making a reappearance. Was that different than the the forces of the city? Yeah, the forces but, of the city is at like all those dots in the Twilight okay. Garrison, where right, is right, the, right, right. the swirly yeah. thing. Okay. Uh, and the Traveler definitely looks repaired from every view, from the tower, from the command ship, even in some of the art. Like, it is not the same busted-up traveler that we're used to seeing where the bottom is, like, shredded a bit. It seems like it is 95% restored, at least to its complete spherical shape. So whether they're going to mention that as a thing or whether they're just going to pretend that's what it's always looked like, I don't know. Uh, but it definitely showed signs of, of repair. Uh, after that, I played the hang on, So Sorry, hang on one second. That oh, was go on, ahead, yeah. I was on mute my mic. So, you know, I've seen a lot of pictures of what everyone keeps referencing as a huge shard of the Traveler laying on the ground. And I kind of understood it, but I didn't... I, I, in, the, I, in the European dead zone? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. But uh, to me, it didn't quite look like that um that piece looks like it would fit on the bottom of the traveler yeah uh, but the question is if the how did it get into the european dead zone right like if the traveler has been suspended over where it is now since the collapse and that the city arose there because they're kind of safe underneath the traveler how did that giant chunk of the traveler get all the way over in Europe? You know, if the last city is indeed in, you know, up in the Tibet area where India, Tibet area where people think it is, then. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Hmm, OK, I, I think it could. I think it looks like it could be a piece of the traveler. Definitely. Uh, and that would make sense that another sort of encampment springs up there if it, that provides the same sort of uh, abilities. One of the things they definitely showed in the reveal was they are talking about like, oh, your, li your light's totally drained. You can barely walk. You're crawling out of the remains, you know, of the burning tower and city. That, that part doesn't happen in what we played in campaign. So that must come after the fight with Gull. Uh, so... Never didn't get any sort of indication of that, even though they showed that, like your character stumbling through the city. So, uh, 
what else uh it seemed like the ambient fire. You can you can burn yourself on it. Uh, at one point, I was running through. Yeah, well, at one point, I was running through the market area, which is completely on fire. And when I tried to sneak into the the ramen shop, uh, I ran through some environmental fire and immediately it started to say burning on the left hand side of my screen. Oh wow! Uh, we were light level two hundred, level twenty. I've seen screenshots of light level 260. I don't know how light level works at the moment. Uh, and the enemies were level 14. So they were pretty squishy. Uh, oh, there's a quote from Tira Karn on one of the items. And I, there was a reference to somebody named Lu Feng, who I also don't know who that is. So uh, Tira Karn, uh, the cryptarch from... So Winter Peak. Uh, so yeah, and I just again, like I just I I tried to wedge myself in the corners. I tried to jump over environment. At one point, I tried to get up on top of the vaults, like you used to be able to, but you can't get around to that side anymore. Uh, but the whole the whole experience was was pretty good. It's a pretty even if that's not the first mission in Destiny Two, it's a good mission to show off. Uh, what what the game's capable of now. Uh, I would have loved to have played not Warlock. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I mean, I love I love Sunsinger, and I do love playing Warlock. I mean, every everybody, everyone was like, I want to play Sentinel. Where can I play Sentinel? I want to play Sentinel. Where can I play Sentinel? <laughs> every single person I talked to was stoked to play uh, the Titan Sentinel. Yeah, maybe at E3. So, now they're going to give us Pole Dancer. Hunter, Hunter, Pole Dancer, whatever that one is. Uh, which people don't seem very stoked about. Seems like the big, the big large. Arc Strider. Arc Strider, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, after that, so we were, the line, the lines were a mess. Uh, the lines were crazy long to play. Uh, the big name streamers got to book appointments to reserve their spots to play. Everybody else had to wait in line. And I mean, the the folks keeping track of the line were doing the best they could, but they were all over the place. Uh, and some of the folks, again, no fault of their own. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. Everybody does their own thing. Uh, did not seem familiar with Destiny at all. So, like, people in line were asking the people who were taking names, like, oh, where can I play a strike and where I can play Sentinel or I can play Arc Strider? And some of the people were just like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> and it was, like, it was kind of frustrating because every single other person there, like, knows these things intimately because we're so familiar with the game. Uh, and then the people who are in charge of giving you the experience have no idea what you're talking about. Uh I like that we're all flying variations of the same ship, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. <laughs> but they are all different. They are. I checked so, earlier. So, and that was fine. You couldn't, the only way to choose a class, so, at, so moving on to the strike. So the campaign was Warlock only. You sort of get what you get. Uh, 
the the class ability was like me the the rift I, it didn't make or break any particular engagement that i had uh, so then when we got over to the strikes i was randomly paired up with two other people the headsets we had did not have microphones so communication was a little difficult but everybody knew it everybody knew what they were doing so i mean to a point uh i it's a destiny strike right yeah exactly <laughs> uh one of the people I was with, she really wanted to play Hunter, so she took Hunter. I took Titan. Um, I want to take Titan anyway, so I can report back to my clan, who's all Titans. Uh, and we started that strike, uh, which is the Inverted Spire. It takes place on Nessus. Uh, and if that sounds weird, Nessus is a real thing, by the way. Uh, 7066 Nessus is a planetoid. So it's not like you're we're interdimensionally shunted off to some random planet. This is a thing that actually exists in our system. <laughs> Sometimes it's just very far away. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, Nessus was a famous centaur who was killed by Hercules. But then his tainted blood in turn killed Hercules. So. Oh. Uh, this strike was fun. Uh it was very much like a rise of iron strike where the focus was on like fast engaging gameplay, but every other part of it felt a little bit empty and a little bit light. And I don't know whether it's because we were overpowered for the enemies or the geography was just too big. It does like just watching it, having not played it, but it's why it seems huge. Yeah. The, the geography was was really big. We had no sparrows, so we had to run everywhere. Uh, but like in the very beginning, you're running for like a good, a solid 60 seconds to get to the first engagement, just like running. And maybe that was on purpose to let people get uh, familiar with what they were doing. Also, I wish I had grabbed names. Uh, the first fight I played with, Every single person my fire team played inverted because that is what people do. No. If you yes, no, so that's yes. inhuman. Uh, and I said when I before the strike started, we're all checking out our characters. I said make sure to switch to inverted if you play inverted. And both of them were like, yes, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. I'm like I'm playing with a team of people who play on inverted, so that's a superior strike team. <laughs> uh. I checked out the striker tree. Uh, I ran the full full height barricade and flashbang grenades for the first part, and then switched to lightning grenades for the boss. Uh, I was same thing. I was running scout hand cannon grenade launcher because uh, after my play through the campaign, I just stuck with the scout rifle. Uh, and then the other stuff wasn't changeable. Uh, I'll talk about that first. Man, Titan feels awesome. <laughs> Striker Titan is a monster now, at least in PvE. It very much seems like they smashed aspects of Defender and Sunbreaker into Striker and just made Striker the Titan. Yeah. Uh, the wall is quick to go up you do a little hop forward when you do it almost the same animation as when you're tackling something with the aegis the shield lasts a long time uh 
enemies take damage when they walk through it, which is even better. Uh, and it's a it's just it's a lifesaver. You put it next to a piece of hard environment and you've made like a little corner that everybody is safe behind and you just pop out from behind it and shoot. Uh, the waist high one, you can use the never used destiny cover mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I, I will say I do use that mechanic during the war priest encounter after you move to mid. If I have the. The brand. I just duck behind mm -hmm. that rock there and pop out to shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, ducking into that cover, auto-reload your weapon. That's awesome. Uh, which is nice. I never found myself struggling for time to reload. Uh, just putting the wall up gives you time to do whatever you want. Uh, and then the super. Fist of Havoc is a roaming super now and is bananas. <laughs> so what happens is you do an initial slam, like the, the leaping classic fist of havoc but as soon as you land you're basically covered in arc energy your regular run speed is sprint uh hitting the melee button gives you a tracking shoulder charge that you can just spam on things or you can hit both triggers again and use fist of havoc as many times until the timer runs out uh, it's a lot like having sunbreaker with sun charge where you can throw the hammers if you want, or you can just smash the hell out of things. That's so awesome, though. Uh, it's fan the shoulder tackle tracks like the Aegis does, even if you're in midair. Like, you can jump, tackle, and then immediately tackle again and auto-track to your next target. Ugh. So what I found myself doing a lot of the time is I would I'd pick things uh, with my scout. Like, Scions are now snipers, but they go down in one headshot from the scout rifle. Uh, switch to hand. I would throw a flashbang, switch to hand cannon, run in, beat the hell out of everything while they were blinded. You get a timer now on your screen that shows you how long your enemies are blinded for, so you can plan your attack a little bit better. That was super helpful. That's cool, yeah. Uh, but throw the grenade, run in, punch the first thing I saw, start shooting whatever's left. Once I'm out of ammo, trigger the super, vaporize anything near me, shoulder tackle like crazy until right at the very end of the super drop another fist of havoc and then just retreat a bit and drop the shield and you're protected you get any shield back that you lost you've made a ton of orbs you can reload your guns in safety it striker titan is such a beastly rushdown class now it's it was amazing i i didn't fear anything going into engagements <laughs> Nice. Uh, because That's I knew awesome. I, could just, I could, could just drop that shield and I'd be okay. Yeah. Uh, so it felt really good. The uh, lightning grenades felt great. They have a little bit of startup time now. They're not instant like they are uh, well, that's in Destiny Give you a chance to duck away from them. Yes. Uh, but, man, they're strong. Uh, in the final encounter, the Vex teleport in in their little dust cloud like they normally do. I threw a lightning grenade straight down into that dust cloud, and right as they manifested, the lightning grenade went off and just destroyed everything that was there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, the strike itself, like I said, a lot of running at the start. This is a very jumpy strike. There's a lot of platforming. Uh, starts off just you fight uh, a bunch of Vex. There's a shielded Minotaur. 
minotaurs have shields. It's not a surprising thing. I wasn't like, oh my god, a shield of minotaur. Uh, and crit spots. Yes. Uh, melee did not feel strong. Uh, and I've I, heard that a lot. Yeah. I'm used to the AoE punch for Titan. It definitely was not that. Uh, but the Warlock melee felt weak. The Titan melee felt weak. Uh, I never got a range to use a Hunter melee. Uh, maybe I did, but it still didn't didn't pack, you know, for lack of a better term, the punch uh, that they currently do. Uh, well, somebody just linked us. It says uh, Destiny 2 lore will no longer be part of the Grimoire. We'll all be in-game instead. Yeah, we saw a button for it. <laughs> we did. <clears throat> so Striker felt beastly. Uh, the new, those attack dogs, the Cabal attack dogs, uh, are pretty funny. I mean, they just swarm on anything. The next phase of that strike is like a Cabal encampment where they're fighting the Vex, but it is enormous. Uh the enemies are really scattered apart. Like you're lucky if you came across more than three enemies in a certain area, unless you trained a bunch of enemies to a certain location. But it was just enormous. Like there, it felt like there was too much space to make it a meaningful engagement. Like if you wanted to, you could just perch up on top of the hill with a scout rifle and a sniper and clear the whole field without ever having to engage up close. Uh, I was engaging up close because I was on Striker Titan and I wanted to just <laughs> press what I could. It was really fun. Uh, but it wasn't particularly challenging and it was wide open. Th that area could have double or triple the amount of enemies in it and that would make it crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was not. At one point I dropped the Titan Barrier and the Warlock dropped the Healing Rift behind it. And it was like being invincible. Nothing. You could just stand there, let enemies wail on you, and they couldn't do a thing. So uh, it was armor of light. Yeah, it was like having armor of light. It was crazy. It was awesome. But, I mean, at that point, the, the jobs are, or at least Warlock and Titan were, were coming together so well <laughs> that it wasn't. And I think I compared it. The length of the strike is similar to Omnigul. But it's not, there's never a time where it's as dense as Omnigul. That first room in Omnigul, especially in Heroic, when there's just like hive fighting splicers and there's just tons and tons and tons and tons of enemies, that tiny little room, there's never anything like that in this strike. Uh, and that's one of my favorite parts is that being like overwhelmed with enemies is one of my most favorite things in Destiny 1. So maybe they'll adjust the, the balance of enemies. Uh, there's man cannons in this strike. Uh, the first two man cannons seem like they auto guide you. Uh, the last one can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, the, oh, the AI failsafe is the AI that guides you through this strike a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, currently unknown who that AI belongs to. Uh, it doesn't seem like Nessus was colonized during the golden age. Like, we didn't run across any human encampments or outposts or anything. It was all Cabal and Vex. So where the AI comes from, I don't know. Uh, also, the AI 
calls Zavala the captain. So it seems like she's very familiar with him, and we don't know why. Uh, and Ghost has a couple of quips, but again, not a lot of chatter from Ghost. Uh, and you'd think that Ghost would have some snarky things to say to this very overly polite, but kind of snarky other AI. <laughs> uh, but no, there was not anything. Uh, one cool thing about this strike that I did notice is that Enemies were often placed at varying elevations, sometimes below you and above and behind you. So your radar would ping and you wouldn't necessarily know where you're being attacked from because there was lots of varying elevation. That's cool, though. Uh, the drill part of the strike is crazy. Uh, you need to be good at jumping or you will just get wrecked by that thing. <laughs> uh -oh. uh, it can also wreck the enemies, too, which is funny. So uh, when I played it on Hunter, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But on Hunter, you could lure the enemies into the path of the drill and then quickly dodge out of the way, and they would just get destroyed by their own drill. Uh, it was really funny. Uh, that led to a really, really far drop way down uh, into the three-stage boss fight with Prothean. Uh, the modular mind <clears throat> on approach though there is an enormous vex half completed statue uh originally i thought that was going to be the boss this thing is like three gate lords stacked on top of each other high at least Jeez. And i'm like man if that's the boss this is going to be awesome <laughs> uh but the actual boss is just gate lord size uh, or Atheon size, I guess, a little bit smaller, maybe. Uh, but that statue looks very, very similar to the statues of the Hive you find in the Dreadnought, uh, especially the gigantic one of Oryx right before you enter into uh, Oryx's observation room at the end of Regicide. So I'm not sure what the influence there is, uh, but it's the first thing. I, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, is that a giant Hive? relief and it's not it's it's the vex uh, so you drop down there uh the fight happens in three parts the first part so way back way back uh at gdc like, a few years ago i sat in on a panel by bungie talking about the design philosophy for destiny and one of the things we're talking about, boss encounters and how one of the philosophies was lock the player in a round room with the boss. That's why a lot of the early missions, that's exactly what happens. Like, I think most famously in uh, the original Chamber of Night, where you fight the ogre like, in a round room. Like, it just chases you around. And a lot of those <laughs> boss fights in Destiny are very similar to that. Like, it lock you in a room and you fight the boss. Uh this was almost the same way. The boss appears, you're in a rectangular room, and it almost reminded me of uh, Undying Mind a little bit. So the boss teleports to one side of the room, shoots you, summons a bunch of harpies that shoot crazy purple lasers at you now, uh, teleports to the other side of the room, does the same thing, will occasionally teleport into the middle of the room, 
Uh, but you're never, there's never a point where you're like, oh man, I feel completely overwhelmed. As long as your team is working together, like some people, like I just would just rush in and just fist of havoc the hell out of the harpies and the shoulder tackle, whatever is left when my team focused on the, uh, the boss. But again, somebody's in trouble or somebody dies, drop the barrier, get their revive, look for the healing rift. Like it was, uh, then the set, once you drop his health or its health almost a third of the way and also the health bars are segmented now so you can see like what actual percentage of damage you're doing to the boss uh so once it gets gets to about just over a third the floor completely disappears and it's a long drop down <laughs> uh so you've got to buffer your jump and make sure you're you're ready to land um or if you're and a warlock, use your rift ability. Yes. So that's a cool a cool side effect of the rift ability is that it makes you fall like uh, Ward of Dawn does when you use it in the air, but where Ward of Dawn will eventually just stop uh, anybody who's tried to Ward of Dawn off the wall after the Death Zamboni <laughs> knows that. <laughs> you plummet very quickly. <laughs> your body ricochets off into the middle of nowhere. It seems like there's no limit to the fall distance of the rift drop. So Warlock can just like fly straight down and land in the superhero landing and be good to go. Yay. Uh, second phase, similar. Like not a huge change, really. It's is the that when the floor is lava? Yes. That's when he lands in the middle and then occasionally will smash the floor. The floor is hot lava. Uh, you just got to jump over it. Uh, you're attacked by goblins and hobgoblins, but again, nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, the third part of the fight is where thing it finally switches things up a little bit, where the boss will rotate around the outside of the arena, and then will occasionally teleport into the middle of the arena and try and melee you. But it's not that the melee does a lot of damage; it's that it sends you flying. Oh, nice. Uh, it's it's like being hit by one of the phalanx generals in Cerberus, the Cerberus V strike. Like when it <laughs> hits you and you just fly into orbit like they hit you so hard. <laughs> and what that does is that it launches you so far you land in what looks like an ocean of Vex milk, like Radiolaria. And it does ridiculous amounts of damage you you've got to get out of it really fast stuff's bad for you well i was hoping it would make like some crazy hallucinogenic effects <laughs> that would be super awesome if your whole screen just started going nuts but it did not or all or you know because it's full of ethnogens like made your fire team look like vex so you would try and kill your own fire team uh, but none of those things happened it just did damage but did a lot of damage so it's kind of a cool mechanic. Also, the boss occasionally wants you to blow like his left arm off or whatever. Uh, it, he takes it shows physical damage when you attack the boss. Uh, nice. He will just focus on one person and just chase the hell out of them. Like you have got to run. And if it's you, you need your fire team to say he is focused on you because the thing will chase you down and just try and stomp the crap out of you. <laughs> Uh, while this is happening, there are 
uh, Vex coming up out of the Radio Laria and trying to and trying to come into the arena to kill you. Uh, and they are uh, legit fanatics. Like they are the fanatics. They will run up wow. and they will try and blow you up. And if you get caught in the explosion, it is a one-hit KO. Nice. Uh, like I saw a fire team member who didn't have like a little exclamation point over their head to show that they mm-hmm. were low on health. Mm-hmm. That uh, fanatic just ran up and just blew him straight up, like done over. Uh, and then it becomes difficult because you have to try and revive your fire team member while they're in the radiolaria milk, and that is really tough because you take tons of damage while it happens. Uh, so you could block some of the sections off where they enter the arena with the Titan Wall, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Titan Wall would not save you <laughs> from the uh, from getting stomped into nowhere, but it was cool. The last part, I wish the last part of that fight lasted longer. Actually, uh, I mean, we were doing tons of damage to the boss, and we were never really a great fear for our life. But it seemed like there was. The whole, the whole, the strike as a whole, again, is really fun. It keeps you moving. There's one point where you're attacked by a ton of those cabal dogs. Uh, my strike team, when I play on Titan, never, we never felt like we we're being, like, oh, this is really dire. Like one person's alive has got to revive everybody. Oh, like it was, we just sort of swept through the whole thing. Uh, it was not particularly difficult but it was fun to play and it was just it didn't it wasn't meaty it was it was sh- the whole thing was shallow it moved you along quickly uh like look at the set pieces look at the awesome boss oh look how far you're falling like a lot lots of surface stuff but not a lot of really deep either like gameplay mechanics or lore stuff to explore or story bits or things like that it mm-hmm. could not be the fully fleshed out version of the strike. It could just be what was available for us to play. So we don't know yet. Uh, but it felt like a continuation of uh, Rise of Iron style gameplay uh, versus something like uh, Taken King style gameplay. Yeah. Uh, the second time I played through, I played on Hunter because I love Hunter and I wanted to play Hunter. Uh, Only Gunslinger was available. Uh, So I tested out all the grenades, uh, the melee is an exploding knife, (laughs) which you throw, it then sticks into your enemy and they're like, "Ah," and then it blows up, which is actually really hilarious. That's pretty awesome. Uh, (laughs) uh, Trip mines are still great. Scatter grenades were not great. Uh, And then incendiary grenades were basic incendiary grenades i had i used triple jump for my jump because there's no other jump Uh, and it felt it felt good it felt like hunter uh the jump felt really good i didn't feel like i was even though they're like oh no hunter is really agile and in the menu it there was no more like strength discipline intelligence it was just mm-hmm. like agility recovery and then one other one which i forget off the top of my head and the hunter's agility it was like a 14 agility oh his armor i think was the other one uh i'm like oh i'm gonna have crazy agility i'm gonna jump like crazy uh just seemed like basic jumps i mean you got <laughs> triple jump and it felt really good but it wasn't like crazy jump and shoot man uh 
for that, I ran the exotic hand cannon, uh, the sunshot, which was awesome. Uh, I've heard people say it is the fate bringer of destiny Two. I've, uh, I've definitely seen that out there on the internet. It does not feel like fate bringer at all. <laughs> it feels more like, um, the PS4 exotic sniper. Uh, Zen, Zen Meteor? It feels, it feels like a hand cannon version of Zen Meteor with a little bit of icebreaker thrown in. <laughs> nice. Okay. Like explosive rounds. It blows enemies up. The collateral damage is ridiculous. Uh, hand cannons felt good. Like they felt punchy and accurate at the range you're supposed to use them. The big caveat for the hunter was that you can set your class ability, which is like this dodge now not quite shade step triggered the same way it's like a quick hop to the left or right you can set that so it reloads your weapon that you have equipped while you do it or after you've completed it so you could just open up with this hand cannon do tons of collateral damage and then hop to the left you got all your ammo back uh, so it, it was a real it made you feel like a gunfighter like i'm sure yeah, it makes you feel really cool. like McCree from Overwatch. <laughs> uh, but it was odd, like, if it, you feel like it's very, very cowboy. Uh, and then Golden Gun now is six fan-fired shots. Uh, and it's cool. Uh, it Golden Gun just didn't feel powerful. Uh, it didn't feel... And it's still like the only time Golden Gun feels amazing is either on Solar Burn or when you're using Nighthawk. Like, <laughs> if Golden Gun was like six Nighthawk style fan fired shots, uh, jeez, yeah, that would be amazing. Also, the accuracy seemed a little reduced. I don't know if that's because of the the fan fire. I don't know if that's because you get more shots, they so reduced accuracy. I couldn't go into the perks to like tweak with it like you can now you can adjust golden gun range and accuracy uh, so maybe that's something you'll be able to change later but the one thing it did let you do though is you can make a lot more orbs on gunslinger now uh, yeah okay. consistently consistently getting six orbs by just you know rushing up on enemies golden gun dropping all six getting six confirmed kills and then like shade stepping away uh so that that felt making that many orbs on a gunslinger felt good. Like normally you can't really do that unless you're using overpenetrate and combustion uh, against like packs of thralls and stuff. But against regular enemies it was it's pretty good. I guess it'll be improved in PvP, right? I mean, assuming one shot is still a kill, having six is going to be a lot more dangerous than having three. I guess. I mean. I don't. I sometimes run acleophage, and mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm out of. After I get my three, I'm I can't find a fourth. Like, unless it's control, and people are just bunched up. Oh, that's true. And the new crucible is going to be fours. So yeah, it's going to be four. There will never be six guys to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> you'll. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm not sure what the. Although now apparently no. No super can one hit KO another super. Huh. 
So you may need those extra shots to take out, you know, like a, a Skybreak Warlock or a yeah. Fist of Havoc Titan. But I just want to know if my Voidwalker is going to be a roaming. <laughs> I want to do multiple Nova bombs. That would be awesome. Just like one from each hand constantly. Yeah. Give me multiple Nova bombs, tie blink to, to the super instead of having it be a jump ability. And that'd probably be good enough. <laughs> well, in that opening trailer, we saw Ikora use blink on the ground. Yeah, she blinks into Zavala's bubble, right? Yeah. She, she also eight. levitates giant bricks. So. <laughs> so, yeah, she grabs Cade and then teleports him into the ward. So that'd be awesome, you know, if if, if you could if you could target a teammate and blink them somewhere else. <laughs> uh, that would be nuts. But don't I wouldn't count on it. Cade also only gets two shots off in his golden gun during that scene, so who knows? Uh, but overall, yeah, it felt really good. Uh, Hunter felt quick. Uh, the whole game seems slowed down. Everything seems to have more weight to it. It seems a little bit heavier. Uh, but the Hunter jump still still feels right to me. It still feels quick. Uh, get you where you need to go. You can now people you can now if you miss your jump, you can scramble up a wall a little bit to get to so you're not like plummeting to your death on a bad jump. Um, I don't want to sound like a jerk. I didn't miss any jumps, so I didn't get to see <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a way to like lead you into that by asking like, oh, did you experience it? I was like, no, there's no way to <laughs> <laughs> just, just got to do it. Just say it. No, I didn't. I didn't miss any jumps, so I didn't get to see that little scramble animation. Uh, <laughs> exploding knife was funny. I mean, Hunter felt good, but I mean, it felt really familiar. It didn't feel like it had gotten the overhaul that Striker had gotten. Yeah. Like Striker, jeez, very much feels like they just mashed all three Titans together and said, this is the new Striker. Go crazy. And that's exactly what you can do. But other than, I mean, that, and that was the, the bulk that I played, mm -hmm. thoroughly played Warlock in two campaigns, and then played Hunter and Striker uh, in the Strikes. And when it all boils down to it, it's still Destiny. Yes. And that's just hugely important. Yeah. And that's, it didn't, yeah, it felt like an evolution of Destiny. Uh, people were asking, oh, does it feel more like an MMO now? Does it, it seems more like an MMO. It, it, it doesn't. I played a really, really deep and complicated MMO for many, many, many years. It is not anything like, like Destiny. Destiny is a first-person shooter where you happen to have a, other people in your quasi-persistent worlds. <laughs> I love the additional exploration aspects that are coming. I didn't get to experience them, but I'm I'm hopeful for them. Uh, I love there's a map in the game you can check now. It wasn't yeah. available when I played, but that seems awesome it seems like you know we had a whole channel in our slack and we have one in the new discord for people who like to explore uh and get out into the world and and figure things out and search things down and get into places and discover new stuff and i'm one of those people and that's a huge part of playing destiny for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
So I like that they're giving us the ability to do that. They're going to make that rewarding. Uh, so I'm, I'm hugely looking forward to that. And whether I'm doing it on, you know, on on Titan Hunter or Warlock, and I get playing all three classes. I think helped me at this event because I could jump behind any controller and feel comfortable. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, what you know, Warlock. And that's why I said, like, Warlock didn't feel like Warlock because the cooldowns were so high and the jump was a little funny. And I say that because I I play Warlock uh, and Striker felt really, really good. Uh, I missed not having regular shoulder charge. That was in the a locked, the other perk tree. Uh, the perk tree that was open... Uh, it's like path... Path of the or Code of the Juggernaut. Uh, so the other one was not available, but it had shoulder charge, like standard shoulder charge in it. So I did miss that a little bit. Uh, there's no Titan skating anymore. You, you cannot build up the momentum, the speed, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I think that's one of those like design, unintentional design things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was basically a bug, right? Yeah. Titan skating was not supposed to exist. Yeah, it was a physics thing. Yeah. Uh, but hey, when you trigger Fist of Havoc, you're in permanent sprint state. So I'll take it. <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. for sure. You can run so fast. Uh, and you can your turning radius is really tight, too. And your auto-track things with your infinite shoulder tackle. Like, I'll take it. Like, <laughs> not, not having skate sucks. Uh, but... Everything else than the striker just is awesome. Uh, the the hunter dodge didn't seem it doesn't feel quite as cool as shade step does. I mean, nothing feels quite as cool as shade step does. Uh, it's just like a fun twirly dodge. Uh, but again, the cooldown is so high. Like, there's got to be a way to lower those cooldowns. Yeah. Like that, the cooldown is way higher than Shade Step is. And then for the sad people like me who remember Double Shade Step, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the cooldown's too high for it to be like a, a continuous tactic. Yeah, that's what we were talking about before. Like, it's not useful as as a, okay, cool. I'm going to just make dodging a permanent part of my playstyle. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Unless there's an exotic or something that opens it up, or yeah, who knows? Yeah, or if or if the stats alter your ability to use your subclass stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, right now everything being on a global cooldown, it really changes how the jobs feel, especially warlock. Yeah. So the walls seem to come back pretty quick. The bar Titan barrier, like I was never. I never felt like I was wanting for the Titan barrier. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I wanted up all the time, but usually <laughs> when I needed it, it was ready. But on Hunter, there was lots of time. There was like dodge, and it just was not ready, which is unfortunate. But <laughs> if there's a way to change that cooldown, and you can really start like being like a, a dodgy, dodgy, jumpy gunslinger, I think that'd be pretty fun. Hunters are pretty dodgy. Well, and we don't know what Night Stalker is going to look like. Right. Uh, 
if shade steps on that same global cooldown, that that hugely takes away the utility of shade step. Uh, well, but that might be a thing though. Like, if shade step is basically like it is now, just as a normal dodge, and then this is just added on top of it. And that right. But I mean, they're they're activated the same way. So. Right. Right. So, uh, shade step or the the hunter dodge works like shade step does now, where you can block fall damage with it, which is really nice. The first thing I tried was I jumped off something really high, and right before I landed, like you buffer the the dodge before you land, and you go into the animation, which uh, negates your fall damage, which is nice. Uh, other than that, I watched some of the PvP matches. I didn't play any myself. Uh, there was some intense matches going on. The whole thing seems slowed down. Uh, the new game mode was interesting. Uh, and I, I've read some of the objections and some of the what people think are positives. It seemed like... So in this particular game mode, it's objective-based, but if you wipe the other team, you automatically win. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So... I don't. I very rarely saw good teams going for the objective. They would just hunt the other team down and murder them, <laughs> and then that's a win. Revives are available. They're limited revives, uh, but yeah, most of the matches I saw a little bit slowed down, a little bit more deliberate. Uh, but uh, yeah, what the, the the point of playing the objective didn't really matter when you could just wipe the other team. I did watch a Titan use Fist of Havoc and miss a Warlock who jumped way up over it. Then the Titan tried to shoulder tackle him out of the air, and the Warlock meleeed him to death in mid-shoulder tackle. And it was very distressing for somebody who plays Striker Titan to see that happen. Uh, <laughs> but that Warlock was really good. The Warlock super is brutal in PvP. You just runs people over because you get that crazy range. Like being well, yeah, and with that height, I mean, somebody yeah. flying around, that's going to be totally new. Yeah, you can stay airborne for so long with that super up. Oof. Uh, so that was the bulk of my gameplay experience. Uh, all positive, all felt like Destiny, felt like a sequel to Destiny. I'm excited to see the new planets and the new environments and to explore them. Uh, I'm excited to dig into the menus to see what you can actually do to change up some of these jobs, to play with the new subclasses. Uh, I want to see where the story goes. I'm I'm cautiously less than optimistic at the moment. <laughs> uh, but that's just my own nitpicking. Uh, so I mean, we'll I see. get the idea of wanting those characters in those sort of flashback scenes to be recognizable so you just sort of use what everybody's used to them looking like but but there's other like we're missing details about what's actually going on with the cabal here and stuff like that so i want I, i'll wait i'll wait and see what what details emerge but i'm i'm still after i mean rise of iron still left a pretty sour taste in my mouth so yeah <laughs> Uh, other than that, the, the event itself was awesome. Uh, my, I, I, I did want to ask, like, given your your experience with that kind of stuff, like, just sort of 
how you felt like the event was pulled off and, and now it was run and all that. So from an event direction uh, viewpoint, uh, it all seemed to go fairly well. Uh, like I took a look at how the, the TVs and the, the PlayStations were set up, how the, the controller things were set up. They did a very smart thing, which was having uh, the little antiseptic towelettes at every station to wipe down controllers and stuff with, which is a very nice. smart move. <laughs> uh, things weren't well lit for photography and you weren't allowed to photograph the screens or shoot third-party video of the screens. You know, the, the big name streamers got to do video capture, but they didn't want you right. actually photographing screens. Uh, so that made it tough because the, a lot of the lines snaked right next to the gameplay stations. So people who were trying to like do their, like a live broadcast from the line had to be careful about catching the TVs. Uh, so there was that. Uh, originally in the last Bungie podcast, they said, oh yeah, we filled two hangers full of art. I was expecting like a museum gallery of Destiny art. Uh, there definitely was not that. <laughs> uh, there was two cases of weapons. There was the three big representations of the classes uh, there was a wall of third-party merch that was like the Kubrick figures and the McFarlane figures. I took photos of all this stuff. I'll get them all up. Uh, some of those look really cool. I noticed that there is there is a McFarlane Hunter model that comes with uh, Boltcaster, and I want it. What? Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. There was a giant, like, Kubrick Dominus Gaul breaking through a wall over in the PC section. Uh, I did not play the PC version. I'm not a PC gamer. I would have not been able to do that justice at all. Like I would have sat down and been like, whoa, where's the controller? Where's the controller? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the game did look crazy at 60 FPS. Like it's, I'm sure if you are a con, if you're a PC gamer, you are used to 60 FPS and you're just like, man, this is what I want destiny to look like. Right. And it looks great. To me, it was like, whoa, this looks very strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not used to it either. It looks, don't get me wrong, it looks gorgeous. It was running on really beefy PCs. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not used to seeing Destiny run in 60 frames a second. <laughs> or any game on a yeah. console. Uh, so, but that was cool. Uh, There's tons of snacks. Uh, Lots of, lots of sugar snacks. Like, <laughs> it was like big metal bins full of, like, Snickers and Starburst and Milky Way. And <laughs> they know their audience. But was there Red Bull? There was some kind of energy drink because I saw uh, the security guys drinking it. Uh, uh, coffee, tea. I don't think I saw it specifically Red Bull. Oh, speaking of Red Bull, something that was amazing. Uh was that during that presentation uh, when their community director was up on stage. Oh, yeah, speaking of art. Uh, and scooby Deezy's artwork was on that enormous screen. Yeah, how big was that actually being there? It was, That thing was huge. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, and when it came up, I was just like, that 
it was awesome to see and to see it at the start of that presentation and then again at the end i'm like yeah that was amazing that was so awesome to have to see scoob's artwork up there so that uh, that's the piece with uh it was the couch with all the different people sitting in all the different positions playing the games as if it was one couch together but obviously they're playing a, a, you know in a, like a multiplayer session yeah. was actually done by scooby yeah and that was it was awesome 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 to see that, yeah, that the reason done. i mentioned is that, that was done because, a long time ago well and the original art i guess is a red bull can on one of the tables and they made him get rid of the red bull can so red bull maybe not an official sponsor of this event even though we had like red bull sponsored additional content in destiny one remember yeah. that yeah oh, totally yeah. i still have that ghost shell uh, <laughs> and and that sparrow i think they had those those cool codes that you could just use a code generator to figure out because they only used like four characters in the whole code. The 160 SR1 Swift River, I believe, was the name of that Sparrow. Yeah, that's the one that's faster than all the other ones or something? Like it's actually better at Sparrow Racing? Is it? It's got a 160, 160 top speed. So I got... Oh, it does have more boost. Uh, there's some reason why this, this that Swift River that that you could only get, you, like it wasn't accessible to everyone, but it was it was actually advantageous somehow. Yeah. I don't have one, so I don't know. But I remember when when SRL came back, people were were using it and saying that it was it was the hotness. Yeah, I believe the Ghost is the Joyride shell, uh, which is non-legendary, so it's not infusible. It's only 200 light. Oh, bummer. And mine has 26 discipline. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Rocket. <laughs> but yeah, there was energy drinks there that was not Red Bull. Um, I mean, I just had coffee. There was some Nature Valley peanut bars buried at the very bottom of that <laughs> bin. <laughs> so I ate some of those. Uh, Health food. So that was cool. I mean, it was overall the one thing it meant, it was hot as hell in there right at the start. Uh, because there were so many people, everybody's lined up, everybody's jammed together, everybody's trying to uh, to get a chance to play. And, you know, I I think I tweeted out, hey, come look for me. Come look for my Ghost Stories hoodie. Uh, I could not wear that thing. It was <laughs> so hot in there. Ugh. So was uh, there anyone come... you, uh, you I, I don't know, did, you mentioned a few people that you saw, but was there anyone that you like hung out with? specifically or, or just saw that you were like oh man that's great i finally got to meet this person uh i got to meet mr fruit who i absolutely love mm -hmm. uh i saw a true vanguard but I, I didn't get he was in the middle of doing something so i didn't get a chance to talk to him uh morlo was there uh, she was hanging out in line with folks and i was cool. she was super happy to see us again i got got a cool photo with her and she says hello to us so that's awesome uh, I talked with a bunch of Reddit mods. I talked with a bunch of the dudes from Destiny Item Manager who are the real heroes of everything that we do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I had an epic saga of trying to find Matt Oishi while I was there. Uh, he had an autograph book and had been talking to a bunch of people, got a bunch of autographs. Uh, I talked with Cosmo and apologized for our John Ryan interview. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, I was in line a lot with Watermelon Exo. He was a really cool guy. Nice. Uh, 
I Lady Desiree I hung out with. I did the strike with her. Oh, cool. It was super fun. She got she got interviewed in the middle of our strike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like we were playing, and I leaned back to look over to ask her something, and she like a microphone jammed into her face, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I, I I'll cover you while you <laughs> finish this interview." It was like of all the times. That's funny. She was I really cool. Got to, did, did, did you get to meet Michael Salvatore? I didn't. She she had just finished hanging out with him when I yeah. was talking to her in line. Okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of Mike Salvatore, the entire time they were playing what sounded like the new soundtrack in the background, and it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, yeah. They were playing it. It was on when they were doing the countdown on stream. They would cut in every once in a while with like Deej doing some pre-recorded interviews with different people. Uh, but when they were showing Countdown, they'd be playing the music. And yeah, everybody was just like, this track sounds so cool. Like, was, was Yeah, cool. every once in a while, you'd catch a hint, like a reference to yeah. the Destiny 1 music, and your ears would perk up, and then you could do nothing but listen to the entire rest of the track. It was a great touch. Having that music always on in the background was an absolutely great touch. Awesome. Uh, who else? Oh, and I talked with Luke Smith. Uh, because I had to. Nice. Yeah, that, that's when I saw him at, at well, it was Destiny Con last year, but when I saw him there, that was basically my feeling. It was like, I have to go say hi. It's Luke Smith. So, and I asked him, I think I'm going to ask him one question. I might as well make it a good one. So I asked him, <laughs> Uh-oh. now that all this is out there, everything is out in the open, after everything that happened today, do you think people will ever be able to let go of the Vault of Glass? Uh and he said, no, it was going to haunt me until the day that I die. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty funny. And there's like there was a bunch of people hanging out and just sort of talking with folks. And uh, every once in a while, a celebrity I didn't recognize would be like the big guy. A gaggle of people who like gathered around one person sitting in a chair and playing and it's got a bunch of cameras in their face i'm like i have no idea who this person is <laughs> yeah we were talking about that before we recorded and i think it's it like i said it's pretty fitting that you went to this thing to to go and, and get super detailed into what was going on whereas you know i'm gonna be me and me and gavel are gonna be at uh, guardian con where it's more of a social event and and we and you admittedly that that we know probably more of the faces of the community than than you. Oh might. yeah. And uh, so it's a, it's working out well for us the way that this all kind of came together. So I'm, I'm excited for for July. And I feel and, yeah. I I, apolo I apologize to anybody whose name that I forgot or I mean people would come up to me and, and introduce themselves and be like, oh hey I'm so glad you're here X-ray totally and like they'd launch into a story about X-ray. <laughs> <I'm like>, Oops. <laughs> I'm like I'm so glad you know who we are. I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> I wish X-ray was here because he would know you all by name. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's amazing. And I was actually. Just kind of for a little update on the whole Guardian Con thing, they just uh, did their, I guess, their last info blast. And yep. uh, it's going to be huge. They're going to have um, 2,500 tickets at the door. 
and I think they wow. said they've already sold like four thousand online. And Whoa. yeah, yes, and they're it's like gonna sold. be like six thousand seven or six thousand five hundred people total. They expect, yeah, it's yeah. nuts. That's that's nice. amazing. So it's gonna be such a huge party. Yes, <laughs> and uh, we'll be there. I've made my, I, I booked my flight today actually, um, <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, if you see me or Gavel there, come say hi, and and if I don't know your name, I'll learn it for sure. Um, that'll be. It's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be really fun uh i wish we all could be there uh from the, the ghost stories team that would be pretty amazing seeing like uh, it, one of the big things that i was kind of following was uh the reveal was the first time that arrow knight and cyborg cyborg sasquatch from the destiny reset podcast met and they had been mm-hmm. recording together and, and hit their 100th episode recently and so they both have been at at kind of uh, meetup events individually, but never at the same one at the same time. So that was that was pretty awesome to see that. And I think they actually did a. I haven't listened to it yet, but they've got a a recording they did when they were actually together in the same room. And so I'm sure that that was probably just an amazing feeling for them. And and I'm envious that they got to do that. Uh, and who else? I mean, it was just like. You know, you always see at the big events, you know, the Crucible radio guys are all together. You know, Bones and Birds and, and Swain Stash are together. And it's like, man, that's so cool. They don't, you know, I'm sure that's the only, you know, the only times they see each other uh, for the most part. But it's it's just a pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, it's I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to meet more people and, and especially Gavel, you know. It was pretty cool uh, when during the actual whole keynote launch thing, the guy that I was sitting next to uh, was like, I don't I don't know why I'm here. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I have a YouTube channel with like 4000 subs. Like, why? Why did I get invited to this? And I was like, don't question it. Like, you're, you're obviously are providing valuable content or somebody knows who you are. So just like roll with it like be boss about it like yeah i'm i'm a youtube destiny content creator so uh and that was one of the best things about being there one of the like being able to talk with people like everybody in line like was super excited everybody there knew destiny inside and out whether they were fans of the music or their hardcore pvp players or their strike people or their streamers or their podcasters just like everybody there was just like you could you could just jump into a conversation and know exactly what somebody else was talking about. Or you'd overhear something and be like, when I was in line, I heard two people talking about how they couldn't believe that somebody had figured out the size of the traveler. <laughs> and you're like, Hey, and I, that guy. <laughs> and I spun around and I'm like, Oh, that's a funny thing. You should mention that because like that dude's on our team. <laughs> like <laughs> he's on our uh, team. He's on our team. If you're in our Slack chat, you're on our team. We, yeah. we claim him. Oh, yeah. That's great. Uh, and they're like, what? I'm like, no, I, I'm I'm dropped from, from Ghost Stories. And uh, yeah, Cosmo and all, the whole crew, they were doing crazy math in our Slack channel, figuring that stuff out. And we were climbing towers, trying to get horizons and things like, just like, man, you guys are out of your minds. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> uh, yep. And, yeah, people just thought it was awesome. It's like, there, there's there's people who do that. Like the, the game's big enough that there's all these different kinds of specialists. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, and to jump back real quick, you mentioned earlier, just kind of on a whim that someone just tweeted that the Grimoire would only be in game. 
Yeah. Read the whole article when it gets down to the yeah, end. Like, I did. Yeah, it's. No, I didn't mean you. I meant just in general, oh. anybody that comes across that article. Because um, it's like, yeah, they announced that it's not going to be in game, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, we know. We know that. It's kind of, you know. But we'll see. And even if it's not in game, you know, we're going to have the the Ishtar collectives and the, the everybody being able to pull that stuff out because I couldn't imagine not being able to read the grimoire while I'm at work or while I'm sitting around doing yeah. nothing or just, you know, it, it's got it. They have to do that. They have to. Well, the, the, yeah. The fact of the matter yeah. is with this community, if it can't be pulled, you know, via like an API or something, somebody's just going to sit there and type it all out. Well, yeah, but well, man, but come on. Well now, be... you know, now that we have a PC version, nothing right. is secret, right? Nothing. <laughs> because I mean, there's, there's like the PC gamers then there's like the PC modding community. And then there's a dude you're like, I'm going to data mine every last kilobyte, <laughs> you know, out of what's available to us. So right. nothing. Asset for a bird's egg. What does it mean? Exactly. Like nothing is. <laughs> now there's a PC version. Nothing's going to stay secret. Well, the smartest thing they did with that was partnering with Blizzard because, you know, I mean, they take their their business serious as far as, you know, modders and, and people that that really break stuff or are, are very malicious in the way they do things so you know plus they know how to run servers maybe with a lot of people on them so that's a, gonna be a big plus yeah i mean but one, i mean once those files are local to your machine like you sure, can just do yeah. it you can just grab them and take a look so yeah but man it's exciting times and and glad that that we got to be a part of it uh yes. collective we but um man it's it's awesome well any anything else you want to talk about before we cut off i think man this 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 quick little update has turned yeah into i know right <laughs> discussion but who cares it's what we do you know uh actually yeah w one second i gotta i i just remembered i'm gonna look it up real quick while he looks that up we should tell everybody that um we moved our community from Slack to Discord. Oh, yeah, we did do that, didn't we? Yeah. So if you're a user of Discord and never joined up in our Slack because you didn't want to have too many chat apps or whatever, shoot us a tweet or an email or go to our website. You can go to destinyghoststories.com and request access to our Slack, which will just send us an email and just you'll get a Discord link and a reply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we've been tweeting about it. So if you're on Twitter and and missed it you can find our our link to the discord there um we should just put the link out on the website i don't know if we've put it there yet well it's entirely possible that i screwed up the invite and it wasn't actually a permanent invite so uh that we if if you find an invite on our twitter and it's expired just say blame gavel <laughs> and just say gavel get me a new invite and make it work this time and i'll i'll try i think the most recent one is is permanent so i might have done it right yeah yeah i know you redid it after that whole incident <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's out there um and it's it's nice it's it's a it's a good good feeling to, to jump into something new um we didn't necessarily disband our slack we're using it for some other purposes drops got some weird mad scientist ideas of how we're gonna incorporate that or use that for future correct studies and research and stuff like that so uh yeah, Slack. We we I still love Slack, man. I like Slack still way better than Discord as far as 
just the the overall usage and and buggy buggy lessness <laughs> buggy oh they're not a, they're not available anymore but uh but yeah so uh, we're, we're there discord somebody somebody had asked me where i got my strange coin oh yeah 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 uh that was uh, hidden yes so it was by a guy uh named todd siegel uh he has a big cartel store they're not on his store anymore, but I'm sure if somebody reached out, they could see if he has any left. Uh, it's spokingfun.bigcartel.com, S-P-O-K-I-N-G-F-U-N.bigcartel.com. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But yeah, he was a guy who made a whole run of strange coins. So I bought one for each of my fire team, my my clan, uh, for Christmas. And then I also had them, I had a custom... Uh, titan marks made for both of them oh nice awesome. that's yeah. awesome yeah i think i remember you showing me a picture of that yeah i had silamar's Sil iron sash and yolder's iron sash made for the both of them and i want to address one more thing so in the in a, the past few episodes our audio quality hasn't been nearly up to par with where we had gotten to um and we were trying a little something different to hopefully speed up release time and and it's it's kind of not I don't think it's worth the the uh, the loss in, in quality so we'll probably be going back to the way we we were producing things previously um, just because it's the the trying to we basically were using the entire Skype call we were just recording the Skype call doing a little tweaks and putting it out but we get a lot of weird noise and, and breakups and and just not quite the quite what we should be giving to people so we're gonna we're gonna improve that immensely very soon yeah <laughs> but I mean, not, I think not this time not that i mean we just jumped on and get get this recorded strike while <laughs> yeah. the iron's hot right <laughs> so anyway if you if you notice the the decline it's we know we know it's there and uh we're gonna fix it so uh anything else i mean gosh it i just listen to you especially that the whole holographic map thing that thing just that blows my mind just thinking about it now um yeah i mean i like i said i wanted to go looking for details that weren't gonna show up in standard gameplay footage like and i know that like our listeners are looking for all those tiny little details so i really took my time uh going through going through a lot of that stuff uh also, uh, at the end, when we were leaving, they gave us swag bags. Yeah, I saw uh, some people online post what they got, so go ahead. What did you end up with? Well, there's a, I mean, there's a hat. There's some little thumb pads for controllers, but one of the things in there was a Kubros Mega Bloks uh, Hunter. Oh, yeah, I uh, bought one of those a few months ago. <laughs> I have one. He's a little Iron Banner dude. He's got a little yeah. gallery horn. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's awesome, and I want to give it away to one of our listeners. Wow, nice. Yeah. So stay tuned for details on that. We'll, we'll figure out some kind of fun contest, and I'll post a picture of it, and you can totally win this thing. Nice. Um, I, I had thought of something else, but you totally blew my mind giving that away, so now I <laughs> don't remember what I was going to say. Well, so so in, in the meantime, um, especially with, with Guardian Con coming up, because that's another thing that'll, that'll be big, and then when Destiny 2 launches, like, uh, we have a lot more listeners of the show than we have 
uh, people that interact with us on Twitter. So if you're out there and you want to get more of this, more information out of us in, in the real time, uh, you know, hit us up at Dego Stories, at Drop Slash, at Gabble Ratchet 98, and X Rays is probably at X Ray 441, I'm guessing. Yeah, something like that. But track us down. There's there's a lot more information that we put out there than just this show. Yeah, I was I was fun. I got to take over the Instagram for the day, and I I did a I did some Instagram live stuff. I did a, some 360 sweeps of the arenas and things like that. So it was cool to see people be like, "Oh, hey, I just saw that you went live. This is awesome. Thank you." Oh, speaking <laughs> of panoramic stuff, I got to mention this because I <laughs> lost my mind. Um, so Cosmo, I, 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 I was I've been I was monitoring you know the the a lot of the Twitter feeds from Bungie and from just the people that I follow and I follow if you if you follow me and I follow you back it's because I am genuinely interested in seeing what people have to say so I follow everyone that follows me for the most part and this end up muting all the the junk stuff that ends up <laughs> in my box but anyway um, Cosmo did this little panoramic picture in the line outside of the reveal and apparently he told everyone hold very still because he did that well there was i think it might have been miss team kk or or somebody i think it was her yeah she I was, think it was waving KK. and her arm was all screwed up it's like her arm looks super skinny and her hands gigantic but the best one was apparently <laughs> arrow knight decided to move a little bit and it kind of squished his face and it was just hilarious because if you know what he looks like and you see this picture, you're like, oh my gosh, he looks like a like a kind of mutant of Arrow Knight. <laughs> and it became a big thing over in the, the Destiny Reset Discord and making a few memes. And I might have gotten a little out of hand with it um, and done about 10 <laughs> more than I probably should have. But it was funny and appreciated. And he, he will not live it down and he won't forget his experience because of that so <laughs> that's right even if he wants to he will never forget <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good stuff uh and then also i found uh drop slash in one of the pictures that uh that bungie posted um standing in line with uh, a few people and it must have been it was right before you did that strike with uh Lady yeah, Desiree, it was Lady Desiree. Right oh there yeah, because she's standing right next to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. We're we were talking, and Cosmo was wandering past, and we we're just chatting. He's like, "I want to get a picture of everybody." Yeah, so awesome. I was. It's exciting, and then I found some other ones. They're they're great. I mean, if you're on Twitter and you go out and look, I, I posted a few myself. But at big events like that, always look for the one person that stands out because there's always somebody in those big group photos that there's just something that is just. <laughs> you know you were. You were pointing out like Swain made like a like a like a funny face. Yeah, way in the background of a picture, somebody was they got taken of Deej with somebody. Swain's in the background. His head's popped up. His eyes are kind of big. He looks like he's just totally creeping into the picture or something. It's crazy. But the point is, if you're if you're in a big group and you happen to be the one that makes a weird face, X-rays the guy that's gonna find it and zoom in on it and blast it out on Twitter. Dude, there was one. There was one. Uh, that uh, somebody took a picture and they zoomed in on Watermelon XO and they're like, oh, you're not hard to find in the crowd or something to that effect. And there happened to be this other guy way in the back that was head and shoulders above everybody else staring directly at the camera. And it was supposed to be this whole, <laughs> it was supposed to be this whole kind of, of you know, just a, a, a photo showing of everything that was going on. And this guy was, 
well, I posted, I, I responded and said, yeah, that's cool, but what about this guy? And I zoomed in real close on his face. <laughs> Somebody goes, oh, I know who that is. And they tagged him and he jumped in. He's like, hey, that's me. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That's I mean, like, um, that's like that picture that you found of Mark from Guardian Radio, where because of the shadow on the picture, it looks like he only has one leg. That was great, man. Do you remember that? That I was hilarious. I asked you, I was like, okay, I want to post this pic and ask what happened to his leg. But if he really only has one leg, I feel really bad about doing it. So I had to, had to confirm first whether or not he had two legs. And he's like, oh, yeah, there was a picture he posted the other day of him with his daughter and... He had two also, I've, I've met him. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I met him too, yeah. So <laughs> it was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, <sighs> those, are, those are great. And anyway. there was another one during the, the podcast showdown where somebody was taking a picture of, I think it was, uh, it was definitely Crucible Radio, and I don't know who the, it was it the, the, uh, oh, I don't know which other podcast. It was the one with, um, oh, gosh, can't think of the guy's name. He's got the big beard. Uh, tefty one, tefty yeah well pocket uh yeah planet planet destiny yeah it was yeah big they, they, beard yeah that those. narrows it down yeah <laughs> yeah the big beard yeah <laughs> um but anyway uh somebody was taking a picture from the end of the table where they were you know each team was on one side of the table facing each other and bones is on there and he's just got this shit-eating grin on his face that is just hilarious <laughs> i did the same thing there I, I zoomed in on him and he's just like got this yeah, I'm here, <laughs> staring right at the camera. It's gonna be four days of that at the end of June. Just I know, I know. I'm four afraid four I'm straight afraid. days of hilarious pictures and I, I get trouble at Guardian Con. With as many of these things as I've done, I'm kind of afraid to see what happens to me. I'm sure there's people that are like paybacks or hell type of thing. That's right. It'll but, be your time. It'll be your right, time. right. So that's all right. I deserve it, and I love those things. I don't get. Yeah, it's it's great. It's <laughs> All right. Well, the reveal sounds awesome, and I'm sure there's still going to be a ton of stuff out there. And there's going to be, a, there's there's already a ton of speculation stuff about you know what's going on and and, and why. And so far, um, of all the speculation of how we lost our light, I loved what you had to say earlier. I mean, as far as you know the that black yeah art thing. We'll see if is. we'll see if something comes that. Yeah. That what seems like a very, very obvious touch of malice reference. Yeah, and, and it may not, but if it, uh, it's because I've, I've had this discussion a lot, you know, everyone's saying that, you know, the, oh, they just blocked the traveler from being able to, to provide us light. And I'm like, man, I don't know that light works like that exactly. And it's kind of, kind of just been strange seeing some of the stuff that people come up with. But, uh, but yeah, can't wait to find out for real. Yeah, I mean, me either. Uh, I think one of the things I'm most excited for is to find out what happens with Shax. Because we've seen nothing from him, and there's no way he just sort of did not go down fighting uh, if he went down at all. So Hopefully he's out there, and we fight alongside him, and he's just a freaking wild animal. That, awesome. is, that is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> just tearing people up. That would be so much fun. Uh, also, I want to see more shacks because I want Matt Oishi to have more hilarious material. Uh, uh, right. To... <laughs> he had a signature book that was getting filled up. So I'm excited to see who he got signatures from. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, all right. Guess that does it. Yeah, take us home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, 
we're out there. Find the links in the description. And we will be back, I guess, hopefully soon, uh, with uh, some more Vault of Glass talk and... Oh yeah, topics. we're still working on. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah we next, <laughs> next weekend is Memorial Day weekend, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I assume might. we're probably not gonna be able to do one next weekend because of the holiday. So probably the yeah. weekend after that, we'll probably shoot for. Yeah, we've had. I mean, we've had some long gaps between releases, and it's you know things have slowed down in Destiny, obviously, and but things have ramped up for a lot of us again in real life, and so. But I'm I'm fairly certain that, you know, I've seen. Uh, of fire burning and drop brighter than I have in a while about destiny and the lore and, and everything. <laughs> so I think, I think we're about to be revitalized with destiny too. And if that's the case, we're going to come out swinging. So expect to, to get overwhelmed with, with amazing episodes. And, and hopefully we've got, I've got some plans for a few non lore related things. We'd like to try to start working on. Uh, and if that's well, the case, then yeah. I mean, there's some exciting stuff. Like, we have a huge clan and with ghost stories. And now we have this clan, like, all this clan support that's on the way. So there's going to be some big changes there with how we are able to interact with all the people who are, like, fans of the show and part of the clan and, and putting things together. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to playing new content with, uh, with my clan, with my brother, uh, you know, he's the man is an exemplary titan, and he was he couldn't watch the reveal because he was driving to go visit my dad. And I'm texting him like, "Oh my god, I just played Striker! You're not gonna believe how amazing this is!" And he's like, "Oh my god, this is driving me crazy! I want to play so bad." So like, I'm just I'm looking forward to to see him excited and to see. Chrono, my other Klimmer, to see him excited about about picking up these new classes and and playing these jobs and and like they're not big story guys, but we're gonna have to go through the whole story together. So I'm excited to see how that that pans out uh, with them in tow. Cool. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Uh, I'm gonna be a hermit for a while. I like playing. I'll probably be exploring by myself for a while before I jump into some teams to do a lot of stuff. So, but to each their own grab a teammate learn the <laughs> yeah. play the story or or don't and hopefully a lot of you out there that listen because we've had a lot of people join us looking for people to play with but if it's still not your thing to get into big groups hopefully this this new process for the the single player will be a success i i really hope it is because there's a lot of people i know like i think uh he said that there were 50 percent of players never played through a raid yeah, and that's a lot of players. That's a lot of people that missed probably some of the the best content in the game, and if it makes it easier for them to get in there, then gosh, I'm I'm happy for them and for for anyone else who just may lack the social skills to jump into a a big clan and and not be overwhelmed by everything that goes on and those kind of things. So. Yeah, I'm looking. the The clan support stuff is really cool. Like, I'm and I know now it's like we're gonna have people like the explorers from our team um, <laughs> are gonna be able to like very easily organize and get together and get out into the world and, and do stuff together. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, someone made a comment about our explorer channel today. I think 
You're like, oh, this place is kind of dead. I'm like, uh, you just wait. Just you wait. <laughs> just wait. Just you won't be able to keep wait. up. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, we've already explored everything. <laughs> yeah, the, the Explore channel in Slack, that when it was hopping for different things, man, I just, I had, I, it was so crazy. I could, I didn't even I like try to keep up sometimes. That, that channel, I think, was responsible for our daily roll off. Oh, for sure. And probably <laughs> more than once. <laughs> All right. And in true DGS fashion, let's try this, uh, this outro again. The outro again? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Uh, hit us up on, on Twitter or anywhere if you want to ping me with questions about about my experience at the event. I'm happy to answer. And Gabble fell asleep. I did not. <laughs> I'm just trying to let it end. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Good night. Very cool.